welcome to the Nerd Party. Second Contact. We are here to discuss and commentate on episode six. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell, this show, with every subsequent episode, is making me laugh out loud more and more. This this one made me laugh out loud. Like, this one, I, I, I enjoyed this a great deal. There were parts that I didn't like, but it didn't ruin anything for me. And we'll get into that when we when we do our commentary, but... Honestly, like I was grinning ear to ear like an idiot during this episode, and <laughs> I it, kind of it was too. Got me to the point where I'm just like, man, this is this is good. Like I needed this. Like this is right. This is the balm that I needed. The salve, if you will. Yes, this is the laughter we are, have been so desperate for in 2020. Didn't know how bad we needed it, even. And I'm so glad it is here. Just like how we had Star Trek Day earlier this week. On the oh, Star Trek Day was so much fun. It was. And it was on a Tuesday. It finally arrived on a Tuesday. It was so good. Just a few hours of just sheer bliss and joy, happiness, celebrating something we all mutually love. I don't know about you. I actually forgot that the world is actually on fire because I'm in California and the whole state, it seems, is on fire. Forgot <laughs> about all the ills of the world and just had a good time. It was so refreshing. Yes, it, it it really was, and well, I think one of the best things it it, it kind of reminded me of conventions where you know you and I have gone to conventions before together, and yeah, it's it, it it's not so much like I was uh, I was working on Tuesday like a lot of people I was working from home so I couldn't watch all the panels I couldn't watch every single thing that came out when it came out but I was able to interact on Twitter and I was able to get the, like the highlights and everything like that. And I think that was one of the coolest things was interacting with my fellow nerds online because everybody was just so <laughs> jazzed. And it, totally. that's what it's like at conventions. I mean, like, yes, you know, seeing the actors and celebrities and everything like that is really cool. Seeing what merchandise is out is really fun. But the best thing is other people because Trekkies make the Star Trek fandom. And that's what Star Trek Day really felt like. It felt like, oh, we're all enjoying this at the same time together all day long. Right. When the fandom is at its best, it just feels downright magical, and that's what I got out of Star Trek Day. It was just pure bliss, so good, and now today, we get a new episode of Lower Decks. I just mean, oh, this is such a good time to be a Star Trek fan. It's so much fun. This is, yes, that you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, right now <laughs> is a great time to be a Star Trek fan, even if you don't love everything that's being produced. Right now, it generates a lot of conversation a lot of goodwill, a lot of back and forth, and a lot of friends discussing things that we love. Totally. And it doesn't matter if one particular aspect of Trek is not your cup of tea, because you've got so much more else to look forward to and rewatch or whatever. There's just so much to enjoy right now. It's so much fun. With that, what do you say we get into this episode? Let's do it. And as always, folks, what we do is we are queuing up the episode after the CBS All Access logo. So if whatever, however you're watching it, whether it's on your phone, on TV, through like your Xbox or Apple TV or something like that, or on a browser, queue it up after the CBS All Access logo. We'll do three, two, one, say play, and you hit play. Shar, are you ready? 
I am ready. Are you ready? I am very ready. Let's go. Warp me. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Boom, right into it. Yeah, we get a teaser this week. And I've got to say, this is my favorite teaser thus far. I feel like this is relatable content. (laughs) Now, do you have a favorite kind of warp engine sound? No, okay, so are we talking about like the hum of the ship, like when we're in the hallways or like just when we're on the ship, that that hum that's always in the background? Or are we talking about warp outside of the ship? Like the warp sound outside of the ship. Good distinction to make. I think they're talking about the humming, but that got me to thinking about the thump of the warp core as well. As far as humming goes, my vote for most soothing and most relaxing goes to Voyager. It's just this very constant, very level vibration. Just mmm. Now, now are we talking about outside the ship or inside the ship? I'm thinking inside the ship. Inside, okay. Because (laughs) I know that we, (laughs) I know there shouldn't be sound in space. Right, of course, yes. And everybody knows that, but it's it's like great science fiction kind of just bends those rules. It's like, eh, we all know this, but it's cooler this way. Exactly. It's entertainment value. Now, as far as like a thumping noise of the warp core when it's really activated, you can't beat the Enterprise D. I'm sorry. That is classic. Yeah, because I don't even think we really got, we didn't really get a thumping with Voyager because Mm-mm. like, you know, in, in Voyager, you have that swirl. You don't really have the rings and the rings right. denote the thump, you know, like it's going through. Exactly. Voyager just hums louder, whereas the Enterprise D, it's a very thump, 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 thump. Yeah. So does the Cerritos, I think, where it's got a more muted boop, boop, you know? And I remember in, I think, the Traveler episode in TNG. Oh, yeah. When they go to a different galaxy, it's just like... Run alert, warp 10. All right, so the episode is called Terminal Provocations. Yeah. I mean, I, I do I do love seeing it up top again. I mean, I know we've talked about that before, but... Yeah, there just really is something very satisfying about that whole thing, isn't it? So I'd love to see some of these ships reconstituted, because you know that they drew them full and then just broke them up later, because I want to see those drawings. Ooh, that would be great behind-the-scenes content. Totally. McMahon, get on that. <laughs> yes, please. Now, J.G. Hertzler... Martok. J.G. Hersler. I did not notice that right away, but eventually that, like, I knew the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where do I know that voice? So I actually had to go back. And, like, that was a pleasant surprise. Now, I love that some of the garbage in here, you can tell is from TOS. Like, you can see a TOS-era um, nacelle yes. in the background. So you know that it's been there for a long time. Yes. So what is the statute of limitation on so-called space garbage? Just because it's floating out there, is it up for grabs after a while? We never really do get to the bottom of this whole conflict as far as that goes. No, not, yeah, not really. Because sometimes it's just like, oh, if it has our logo on it, you know, like, you know, the the XO said, then it's yours. But at the same time, I could totally see somebody claiming salvage rights. And it also depends on the region, too, I'm sure. (laughs) A lot of Starfleet legality and blah, 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 boring things that don't deserve to be in lower decks because it's fun. So we get the uh, we get the doctor calling out Mariner, and then of course Starbase eighty that no one explains, which I hope they never <laughs> explain. I hope they don't either. We don't need to know what Starbase eighty did, but it's just bad. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> we had a um, 
it I went to I went to a small small private college and we had a sister college that was out west on the west coast and uh-huh. whenever someone would do something crazy or against the rules we're just like what? <laughs> like where do you think this is point loma and everybody's like oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's like that it immediately made me think of that <laughs> one of my very favorite lines in this episode and i have several but i love mariner saying i'm starfleet as hell <laughs> And she kind of is like, that is the thesis of this episode. Yes, yes. I was just about to say, like, this really points out that even though she breaks the rules, even though she's a hothead and she, you know, you know, she thumbs her nose at authority, she, she's still Starfleet. Like, she's still a good person. She, yes. she doesn't want to cause anybody to get in trouble. She doesn't want to risk anybody's lives. She doesn't do anything recklessly. She's just... You know, she's just a hothead who doesn't want to follow the rules. And I'm glad that they kind of, they made that distinction, I think, at the right time. Totally. We've gotten to know Mariner enough at this point to really know where her boundaries lie. And then it's really exemplified in this episode why that's important and why she is a good Starfleet officer. I can't wait to dissect that a little further, but after the commentary. (laughs) Like, what if I forget to magnet? (laughs) Yeah. Would you ever want to go on a spacewalk if you could? In the 24th century, I would. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do it in the 21st. It is very risky no. and you have to know a lot of things. But I think I could no. handle magnet and float. Yes. You know, I, I very much would. Yeah, I very much would do it in the 24th century, 25th century. <laughs> Although I do wonder if I would get nauseous like Worf. So do you think that this is kind of a callback to maybe... The Kelvin universe, when she when she says like you think you, like if they say a core, it's one big core, but not just a whole bunch of little ones. Because remember in uh, in the in Star Trek 09, like when they ejected the core, it wasn't just one big dump like like the rest of the ships. It was a whole bunch of little cores that came out. That's true. I did not think about that. You know what it did make me think of was in Disco, where they have the canisters for the mushrooms. Oh yeah, that definitely and the spore looks like drive. That. Yeah. The look of that made me think of that. So I'd be curious to know from our listeners, which one did you gravitate toward? <laughs> or something else completely different? And also, just so everybody knows, I know that this isn't the warp core, so don't, don't Yeah, me. yeah, everybody, chill, please. <laughs> we don't need the hate mail, although we don't actually get Here hate comes mail. one of the best things to come out of Lower Decks. <laughs> <laughs> you like Badgie, huh? Badgie is freaking amazing, and it's also voiced by Jack McBrayer, and he is just an amazing actor and voiceover artist. He plays the same character in every single in every single thing he does. He's <laughs> Ken- For those of you who don't know his name, he's Kenneth from Thirty Rock. Oh, okay, okay. And he does creepy very well. <laughs> he sure does here. Now, obviously, they're making a little bit of a callback to Clippy, the Microsoft yes. Office guy. Oh, I see that you're making a spreadsheet. Would you like some help? Yeah, calling him Badgie and saying like having him load and like you know putting up. Um, I love the glitch. Yeah. So great. I just I love how angry Rutherford gets at the glitch because it's just he's he's just waiting. Like he just has to wait a little bit longer, but we we have screamed at our computers and wanted to punch our, our way through it. 100%. And then he actually does that and it works. <laughs> so is that sending us all a message? Should we kick our computers more? Hmm. So that just said trilling. Yes. Like in the in the captions. I've never Is that what is that what that is? Is that what like I guess so. a loading sound is? Or it is it? now. Let's put it that way. 
If it wasn't yeah. a thing, now it's a thing. Now, Badgie, along with <laughs> Boimler and his cool getup from last week, as well as choo-choo shirts, I think these are all going to be massive cosplay ideas. I Yeah, I definitely think so. And I love that how excited like i love that he made t-shirts and i love how excited mariner got that he did make (laughs) t-shirts right i don't completely understand all the hype but if they're into it i'm totally with it i gotta ask you regarding fletcher Mm -hmm. did you think he was too good to be true yeah yes i i mean i didn't quite think that he was gonna be the bastard that he ended up being (laughs) um but i did think that like stuff about his story didn't add up and I thought that they would figure that out, but I didn't think it would be this intense. I, I mean, of a story. He, he really subverts expectations. You know, something's got to be up because he is just a little too perfect. And if we learned anything from the last episode, is that if it's too good to be true, it is somehow right. He wants to be this exemplary Starfleet officer, wants to have friends, but he's going about it for all the wrong reasons. It's not just oh, I'm your friend, I'll do a nice thing for you. It, he wants quid pro quo and. Double payback when he wants to get it. Now, one thing is one thing that I find interesting and that I see a lot of criticism online, uh, specifically with uh, Discovery in this show about seeing officers not at their best, like not seeing people who are the best of the best. And we have talked about that a little bit before about how we were spoiled by the Enterprise D because that is literally the flagship where they're the best of the best of the best. Absolutely. And one thing that I'm reminded of is a Voyager episode where Chakotay says... You know, we all know that some people don't make it through their first year of being on a starship. And yeah. in Voyager, they could, I think it was called Good Shepherd or Learning Curve, one of the two. I always get those two mixed up. But they talked about how, like, these these weren't Maquis. These were Starfleet officers who just would not have still been an officer if they weren't trapped in the Delta Quadrant. And maybe Fletcher is one of those people. Like, he was smart enough to get through the the academy, but he's, he's just not, he's, he's not good enough to be on a starship. Yeah, maybe something is just up with this guy where he likes Starfleet ideals but can't live them himself entirely. I don't know. You could probably do a whole psychological dissertation on this guy if we knew more about him. By the way, the episode you were referencing was Good Shepherd. Lower or learning curve is where Tuvok whips some Maquis into shape. Right. Now, right here. Now, like, what are they looking at? Like, what kind of dance is this that Lower Decks can't show? What is the choo-choo dance? <laughs> There's probably going to be a lot of memeing of this, as well as the whole it was aliens thing. I love that so much. Yeah, I lo- Yes, and I love that they're all excited about adding a third chew and how it was genius. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, like really? we The things that we are intentionally leaving out in this episode left to the imagination, it really is better that way. I'm so ethical and considerate. <laughs> <laughs> nice little callback to episode two where Mariner is watching Ransom fight. So ethical. Yes. And it's just, I love that these, here's the thing is that like the bridge crew are archetypes. Like the bridge crew, like that's what some people might have a hard time accepting. And I'm not saying they're wrong for not. It's just like the XO is your Kirk Riker archetype. You know, like the handsome devil may care, I'm going to hit it. And take that for multiple meetings and uh, <laughs> and and then you have the security officer who only wants to blow stuff up that's right the warp core especially you have the captain who's obsessed with her own uh 
Starfleet standards. Like, I am self-righteous. I am better than you because I am a, have Starfleet ideals. I'm ethical and compassionate. And screw you if you don't think so. You know. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're the exaggeration of these these archetypes. This This is so genius. Like, this is such a great... This is taking the holodeck going crazy trope and just amping it up and making it ridiculous for animation. Like you wouldn't be able to do something this like this in live action because it's too oh, ridiculous. No. But here exactly. it's just right. It is. And you know what? It's funny. It's cute. Even though, Cl not Clippy, <laughs> Badgy wants to murder them. Right, as he's ripping out somebody's arms. It's just like, right? I'm, I'm going to rip your face off. <laughs> like, just the tone. It's so yes. great. Now, NCC 502, this is an old ship. Old, old. Pre-TOS days. Even though Pre it has kind of that look, we're, yeah, we're going way back. Now, you got to wonder, why is it out here? What's it been doing? And why are they just, oh, Sulu reference. Now, why are they just now getting to it? Yes. We didn't mention at the top of the episode the tractor beam tug of <laughs> war. I really enjoyed that. Also, one thing that I love is that J.G. Hertzler, as an alien, just just said, just said F you to the captain. He did. He really actually did. Now, how many other aliens in the live action shows would have liked to have said that but didn't? This is the exactly. lower deck's edge, and I am here for it. I enjoy this. Also, okay, here's the thing, is that the, okay, so Boimler and Mariner are wearing command red. Uh-huh. But yet, they do so many things that are operations. Why aren't they in gold? You know? Like, I really feel like the, they, they should be in gold if, with all the stuff that they're doing. Is it because they are on more of a command track as opposed to an engineering track, like Rutherford is? That's the well, only thing right, I can rationalize. Right. No, no, I, th I think you're right. I think they are on a command track, but why aren't they doing command-related things? Like, why aren't they doing stuff related to the helm, you know? And why aren't they doing stuff that's related to, I don't know, team leadership or, 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 or like, like away missions or something like that? I don't know. Like, I'm blanking right now, but it's just like, I'm sure that people have, uh, you know, have answers for me. Maybe it's a lower deck things where, like, because they're lower decks, even though they're on the command tracks, they gotta, they gotta make their bones you know, before they start doing more and more like that. I'll, I'll, that's all I can think Maybe of. Maybe so, right. They're destined only right now for the more menial jobs. They've got to work their way up the ladder, so to speak. Right. I guess that that's all I can really think of. Because like when we saw the actual Lower Decks episode in TNG, even like, the per like there was one officer wearing red and he was flying the ship. He was a helmsman. That right. made sense. And here's the thing is we might see them doing that in the future. Mm-hmm. I remember in a preview, we do see Boimler on the bridge. So maybe that's coming. <laughs> I love the, the We Are Starfleet. It's just, again, We Are Starfleet. <laughs> Hashtag We Are Starfleet. Hashtag we Are Starfleet. This is where the storyline starts to lose me. Oh, really? How come? This, I like, I was really enjoying, I feel like this happens once per episode. Where I'm really enjoying the storyline. I like that it's lower stakes. And then all of a sudden, in true Star Trek fashion, they have to crank it up to 11. Where <laughs> all of a sudden, it's a piece of technology that comes alive and tries to kill them. Now, we already got that with Badgie. It's true. So we have some parallels going on here. We have Badgie, who's really cute and murderous. And then we've got the core, 
with Fletcher's personality in it. So this is sort of like a Reg Barkley nightmare come true. Yeah, and where you say parallel, I say redundant. Like, I feel like it's... <laughs> it's we didn't need it. I feel like keep it... Like, we have people... Like, Badgie is trying to kill people, and they're fighting for their lives, and then they're also fighting for their lives on the bridge and on the ship and everything like that. Keep this storyline low stakes, but then they inadvertently... Like, I feel like you could have the same result where Fletcher does something stupid but then saves the day and it doesn't have to be because this thing came alive and tried to kill everybody. You know, like have them do something stupid with the core, not something that involves AI, you know, memory transfer. And it, it, it just became too big too quickly and too redundant to some of the other storylines, in my opinion. Okay. All right. I'm curious to know how I'm going to feel about that on further rewatches, if it is going mm -hmm. to start feeling redundant because first time out, it did not. Yeah, I still, I mean, I still like the episode. I, I was still laughing at certain things, but it's just, I feel like there's certain times when I'm just like, oh, you don't have to go there. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you got three, you got two other storylines going. And it's just, I, you know, there's going to be just so much badgy merchandise. Oh, if there isn't, that is just a dirty shame. What a missed opportunity. You got to get on this, Star Trek. I, I love it when Tenu's is like, leave us alone, badgy. No! Yeah. <laughs> now, they're walking in the snow a la Rurapente without the fur coats. Mm -hmm. Now, this, okay, th this also begs the question that they're able to change their environment. So Rutherford's able to change the environment, but he just, he can't turn the safeties off. You think they would just say like, okay, give me a phaser computer, and then <laughs> they shoot <laughs> a badgie. Shoot badgie. <laughs> uh, I, I guess he just didn't think about that, or maybe he doesn't have the heart to kill badgie like that i don't know <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the fist fight and you can't true, very true i know i i'm glad that we didn't but i just saying you know hey yeah yeah well you know with the holodeck there's always weird inconsistencies like that do you think that anybody has actually used q as an excuse to get out of trouble <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question there has to have been somebody who have at least tried to get away with it. At least tried. Now, did they? That's the bigger question. Like, well, we, we found nothing on the scanners. Well, he's a Q. If he didn't want you to find him on the scanners, he wouldn't. <laughs> it's either that or aliens. Am I right? Aliens. Those freaking aliens. He was aliens. <laughs> uh, Mariner and Boimler, they really are BFFs at this point. This, I really, really enjoyed them together in this episode because they weren't at each other's throats. It was getting a little tiring. Yeah. I think we might have even turned a corner with these two. Where, I yes, they so. will annoy the crap out of each other every now and then, but they work together so well. They are better off as a pair than not. Absolutely. Yeah. No, this this felt different. And they even mentioned that in the in the episode. Yes. Like when they're like, they say like, hey, we're not, you know, like, we're not going after each other. And it was, it's nice. It's good. Now, I'm not saying let's not have any drama between the two of them. But the bickering yeah, like, yeah. was getting a little worn out. Yes, there's a difference for sure. Now, this is why we had to have the core develop AI and go crazy and whatnot to basically destroy alien J.G. Hertzler. I will agree that this is why we needed intervention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do kind of enjoy the just how well that plays out. So... Is it Shax or Shrax? Shax. Shax. Now, he just kissed Dr. Tana. 
he was so, so happy. <laughs> Only to be let down very shortly. When Badgie starts calling him father, it's so Star Trek perfect. Because <laughs> like you created me and so you are now my father figure. Right, right. And it's, it's now so Rutherford has to kill his creation. How many times have we seen that? By snapping his neck. <laughs> it's just, this was so perfect. It's so I'm good. Wear your skin. <laughs> Honestly, this is, they hit it out of the park with this one. It just, they really did. They really did. The cinematography, did. the shake of the camera, just. It's so perfect. It just, the wind picking up. All, yeah. of it, all of this is just, this is Lower Decks firing on all cylinders. This is why we have an animated show. Because yes. Because you cannot do this live action and and it be as effective. Well, it would just be absurd. It right. would look goofy. But here, it's beautiful. And poor Badgie. This is not the last we're going to see of him, I don't think. No, no. I think we definitely have an ominous note at the end of the episode. I have a feeling he might be like the Moriarty of the Cerritos holodeck. Oh, I think that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity? <laughs> I don't even know what that means for him. <laughs> well, we'll and then scream to the heavens, Badgie! Right? No! <laughs> I, I, I wish we could have seen them trying to explain this to Dr. Ta'ana about like why they needed... Uh, help, like why they needed healthcare, like why they needed to go. Oh, right. What's this about? Can you, you yeah. can just hear her. And then coming up right as the doors close, signs of things to come. He's still self-aware. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This isn't good. Oh, y- you got to notice Ransom is going to say, what the hell's going on down here? <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time, but you're right. He says the line, but not with the Riker intonation. Nevertheless, I saw that. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Yes. I absolutely love that Mariner's way to resolve the situation with Fletcher is to promote him. Like, she hates promotion so much. Yes. This is definitely failing up. Now, look at this. Yes. They're jumping two ranks again. What is it with this? Come on, man. We've we've seen lieutenants junior grade on the show before. I'd like, do they just eliminate that altogether? Do you make that jump automatically now? Did they change the rules? What's going on? Come on, come on. Yeah, you guys are better than this. You know this. <laughs> but I love six days later on the Titan, and this dude is done for. I knew Riker was going to eat this guy for lunch. I'm surprised that Riker even accepted him. He didn't know what he was getting into. He was expecting a respectable, honorable Starfleet officer, and instead he got trash. So So not only did they fire him, they demoted him before they fired him. (laughs) So he failed upward, but then he crashed real hard. Yeah, and again, another Q reference. They are telling us what's coming. They are foreshadowing. Yeah. Now, what is that? What's that? Like the Vulcan salute and like the double tap on the chest? Like, that's new. Is that a new handshake, maybe? I I don't know, man. It, uh, maybe it's one of those things where they're starting a trend. It is now. I want to see the captain's yacht so bad. I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> I, you know it's going to be like janky. It's going to be like minuscule and like not as cool as, as yeah. a sovereign class Probably not yacht, a big you know? deal. And nevertheless, we know Mariner will get in trouble with it for it, but she has to answer to her mother. And we know Mariner can handle that. It'll be fine. 
So next week we're getting a what's going to look like a hilarious transporter accident episode. That's right. Fantastic. This week we got the holodeck malfunction. Next week we get the transporter malfunction. We're going for all the tropes. Also, we get a doggo. Yeah, a frightening one. Which, yeah, doesn't look like this ends well. I don't think anybody should be programming anything on the Cerritos, it looks like. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of feline or furry representation, one of the big reveals for new content and what have you with Star Trek Day was the Discovery Season 3 trailer. And there's going to be a majestic feline <laughs> in Season 3. And I'm so excited! I had a cat growing up that looked exactly like that cat. I mean, same face, same fur coloring, patterns, everything. It is oh, it is her doppelganger. Nice. I love Maine Coon cats. I have a soft spot for them because of my cat, Teddy, who was an orange Maine Coon. Mm-hmm. I, I am so here for Grudge the Cat. I can't wait. Episode's over. What do you think overall? Overall, I would say this one has some of the more solid kind of like morals, messages, and meaning takeaways that we've had so far in Lower Decks. This is probably the most powerful one. And it's all about friendship and what does it mean to be a Starfleet officer. So as far as friendship goes, we have Fletcher here who looks like the role model Starfleet officer who's there for his friends. But when it comes to him wanting a a favor, it's because he does nice things so that he can get something in return. That's not necessarily what friendship is. You should do things because you want to do something nice for somebody you care about, not because you expect something in return. Right. And also, you know, the the Starfleet message of not putting people in danger and not, um, you know, like not sacrificing other people's jobs or even, you know, their safety for your own gain. Exactly. And messing with... Uh, um, technology to make yourself smarter. Just don't do it. I, I think I saw on Twitter that some people were a little confused as to what the moral of the story is. And I think the problem that they're having is, is if I could guess, is that like, why is Fletcher in Starfleet? And also, will, like, you know, Mariner lied to get rid of somebody. You know, is that a Starfleet thing to do? And mm. I feel like I, I think those are all valid criticisms. I think it, there was some ambiguity there, but I think it was they're getting rid of a guy who put everybody else in danger, like put the ship in danger, yeah. put the Dex people in danger. And so instead of ratting him out, they, you know, they, they moved him on. Like, is that the best thing to do? No, but we're not dealing with the best of the best here, like we talked about earlier in the episode. And here's the thing, is he deserved what was coming to him. He needed to be set up to fail because he is not just a danger to other people. He's also a danger to himself. He is not ready for this. He cannot handle it. How he got through the academy without being stopped, anybody's guess. I guess he was just good enough to become an officer, but he's not meant for this line of work. And so what happened happened well for a reason. But I think people would argue that what should have been done is she should have gone to the commander and told the truth and then he would have been gone anyway and my response to that is this is lower decks a cartoon and so it has to be funny (laughs) that's just it they're throwing in the funny twist sort of like with the t-88s last week where tendy and rutherford stole them is it a big deal maybe maybe not because you can probably make more of these things the cerritos probably needed some anyway let's be honest (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, yeah, is that not the greatest thing? Probably not. It's not some of the most becoming quality of a Starfleet officer, but sort of like in the way Mariner breaks the rules, is it that big of a deal? Because are you really hurting anything? Are you hurting other people? No, she has boundaries. She has boundaries like that. She's not going to endanger other people. She has a, a good sense of wisdom with that. She knows where to break the rules. She knows which ones she can break because she is that good of a Starfleet officer. Yeah, she has her own code and, and sticks to it. Yes, so that's why she'll get away with taking out the captain's yacht for a spin because that's fairly inconsequential. She will get reprimanded by her mom for it and then it'll be done. That's it and that's all. So real friendship is Mariner and Boimler. So those are my takeaways. Do you have anything to add? Well, one thing that we haven't talked about yet uh, that I think it was a very small moment, but I think it's 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 large because they've been they've been foreshadowing it a little bit here and there, you know, like where you know, like Rutherford keeps trying to impress Tindy or spend time with her, and Tindy keeps trying to spend time with Rutherford, but they keep talking about how they're just friends. But then, you know, like they uh, today they take it a little bit further, where you know Rutherford straight up admits, "I'm just trying to impress you because you're so cool." Yes. I know that we there's many times when we try to impress our friends, but this felt like a little bit more. I think they turned a corner. Absolutely. Yes, we've kind of had them playing this dance ever so subtly the whole time. Here, I really think Rutherford declared his affection for Tendi. Now, if she feels the same way, they're definitely headed for the romance department, and it'll probably be cute, but there's still a small part of me that's thinking, how are they going to subvert my expectations on this? Because that's just a little too straightforward. What are they going to do here? I think what will happen is that they will get together awkwardly for a little bit, and then they'll stop, and then they'll do the whole TV show thing where we'll, ju we'll be just friends. We'll just be friends. <laughs> do you suppose they're going to have an episode where these two are in a we-need-to-have-sex-or-we're-going-to-die kind of Star Trek trope, and then they've got to pretend like it didn't happen? I don't think it's going to be we have to have sex or we'll die. I think it's going to be the, oh, my God, we're stranded on a planet alone. <laughs> oh, this again. And there's a monkey. And uh -huh. yeah, like, there, yeah, maybe a cave, you know, okay. something like that. You know, I think that that's my guess. I could maybe go for that. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it before. Let's see their take on it. Let's see the Lower Decks take on New Earth. All right. So with that, I think we've got an episode, everybody. Absolutely. And uh, please, everyone, go to thenerdparty.com for all of your geek and nerdy needs. We have podcasts for everyone. we got other Star Trek shows. We've got Star Wars shows. We've got Babylon. We got a Babylon 5 video show hosted right. by your own Charlene Schmidt. We've yes. got uh, Doctor Who. We've got Harry Potter. We've got so much great stuff at thenerdparty.com. And also, if you want to talk to us, if you want to write to us about the show and about Lower Decks, what you can do is go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select Lower Decks, uh, excuse me, select Second Contact, <laughs> and fill out the form. It'll send us an email. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook at The Nerd Party. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Join Nerd Party. And you can also find me personally on Twitter at The Insane Robin. And you can find me talking Lower Decks frequently at Oh the Profanity. And we would really appreciate it. If you haven't written us a review yet, please go on to Apple Podcasts and do that. That helps us so much. And we appreciate those of you who have already done that so much. And if you give us five stars, we will give you a shout out on this show. You can give us any kind of review you want, but five stars gets you a mention on the show. That's right. 
And so with that, now that we have an episode in the can, I'm going to go shoot me some warp cores. Choo-choo-choo! Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.